Welcome to Keto Queries, ladies and gentlemen. Here is your host, David Robinley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven. I think it's episode seven of the Keto Queries podcast, where I answer any keto queries that you have that people send in to me. Or I also like to talk about interesting podcasts or interesting things on Instagram uh, that I happen to see that are keto diet related. So if you are on the ketogenic diet or a low carb diet, um, trying to lose some weight or anything like that, then you might find this podcast interesting or you might just think I'm an idiot and turn it off. Uh, Halloween is around the corner ladies and gentlemen, and I have had a big old bag of candy on my kitchen table uh, for about four days now, and I have not touched a single bit of it. I'm really not that tempted by it either, um, but I figured I'd still give myself a treat, and I've been testing out some quote-unquote keto-approved ice creams lately, and... I tried the first one called Arctic Zero. Have you heard of this? It was disgusting. It's like a slushy, basically. It's like bland, watered down, mostly ice, ice cream flavored. If they had like a, a maybe a fruit flavored one, like a slushy or something like that, it was basically like LaCroix, the watered down, bland taste of LaCroix. <laughs> in ice cream form. So that was Arctic Zero. Don't buy it. I, I don't like to trash anybody's product um, because, you know, I'm pro small businesses and all that. But it, it is a gross ice cream, and I, I have to just give my opinion. You might like it. Go buy it. Um, but I did taste one called Sola, S-O-L-A, and that one had good flavor and a rich, creamy texture like you would expect ice cream to have. Um, It claims to have six net carbs per serving. Uh, A serving is half a cup, which would be a fourth of a pint. So I definitely ate more than that. (laughs) Because it was Sunday, I was watching football, I made some hot wings, and it was... A day of fat assery had by all. and But you know what? I didn't leave ketosis. Because even with all that ice cream that I ate, I, my net carbs were still about 20 or less, I would say. I had hot wings. I had some steak. If you can hear a, a cat in the background, it is a, a little kitten who needs me. But too bad, cat. I'm doing a podcast. Okay, sorry, I had to pause for a second. Not because of the cat. I showed it no attention, but it was something work-related. I'm doing a film with my brother. Uh, He was asking me a question just now, but it's a French documentary. Um, Unexpected, I know, but uh, yes, I do not speak French, but he does. He's a French professor, and he specializes in... Cajun stuff and Louisiana French and we're doing a a documentary called Finding Cajun and the if you're interested in that by chance um, the trailer is out 
the film is complete, but it's not released yet. We're doing some uh, film festivals this year, and the trailer is out. You can go watch it. Just Google Finding Cajun. I, I couldn't tell you how to... I don't know the web address. All right. So what was I talking about? Um, ice cream. Yes, Sola was really good ice cream. I think I'll... I don't think I'm going to eat that like every day, but maybe on Sundays when I'm watching football, you can um, have us have yourself a treat, treat yourself, and that's the good thing about uh, the keto diet. Or one of the good things is like when you do want a cheat day, or celebrate, or just engage in fat assery during football, you can do that with a lot of really good food, even desserts, and you don't have to leave the state of ketosis. So, like for instance, um, if you're doing intermittent fasting, like in in my program, we do intermittent fasting and uh, ketogenic diet. If you're doing that, well, if you want to have a cheat day, just don't fast or extend your fasting window. Um, And then you can have keto desserts or keto ice cream. You can have steak, hot wings. I'm just naming the things that I ate (laughs) during football. But it's true. You can have a really nice day and a a big feast. And it's it's all keto. And uh, you'll you'll still either be losing weight or just pause for that day. If you're not going (laughs) to... If you eat too many calories, of course, you will not lose weight. But... I mean, you're not going to do that every day, right? But even when I first started keto, I was eating so much food, so many calories, and I was still losing weight. Um, it's a lot easier to lose weight at first. Um, mo- most of it was water weight in the first week or two. But then, I mean, I continued to lose weight after that, just pigging out. And then fasting, actually, that's one of the first keto queries um, for today is about uh, intermittent fasting. Had a question about that. Okay, I found it. They're asking about intermittent fasting. Um, is that a good idea or shouldn't you just eat when you're hungry? Well, you should eat when you're hungry, but you kind of have to train your appetite because you can't trust your appetite if you're coming off of a standard um, modern American diet and you are overweight, um, and of course you're going to be used to having snacks and the horrible advice of eating six meals, six small meals a day to boost your metabolism, which is absolutely, absolutely not true. And, um, all it does is really spike your insulin over and over throughout the day so to where you can never lose weight. Every time you eat, you spike insulin and you cannot lose weight in that state. So it's best to only eat during a certain window and that is called intermittent fasting. And you can start off with uh, an eight hour feeding window and slowly decrease that window if you can. Um, You don't wanna get like weak or hungry or dizzy or anything like that. That's why you wanna do it slowly. But I think, you know, I think anybody can go 16 hours without eating because you're sleeping most of that time. And when you wake up, you can just have some coffee, do a little workout and then eat around lunchtime. And then you can eat again in the evening. And that's not really hard to do, is it? So, uh, but it has a lot of benefits 
when you go that long without eating, um, it it can uh, induce autophagy, which is the recycling of your cells. It uh, you filter out all kinds of damaged uh, cell particles, um, <clears throat> like microbes and bacteria and fungus and stuff like that, and just damaged cells. And you, it's like an anti-aging process. Uh, I'm not a scientist, so I can't go too far into it, but you can look it up if you want to. Just look up autophagy and you'll see that it's like an anti-aging process where you are literally recycling uh, the bad parts of your body on a cellular level. Not talking about the phones, um, but other cells. Anyway, another benefit would be your boosting growth hormone and other and regulating other hormones, which is a, a really good benefit, especially insulin. You're giving your body a break from all these insulin spikes and digesting food constantly. And you're going to eventually start to feel better and be able to trust your appetite once again. So then maybe one day when you lose a bunch of weight and you're on the right track and you're healthy, then yeah, you can trust your appetite and eat when you're hungry. But now is not the time. You have to get to that point. And if you are um, obese with insulin resistance, then intermittent fasting is a great way to get to that point. Uh, because it's like training wheels. You eat during this one little period and you probably know what you're going to eat. Uh, if you're like me, you like to plan meals or do a cooking show on YouTube. I, and somebody else said, well, of course, intermittent fasting works because it's just restricting calories. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, I mean, of course, you're, you're not going to have the mindless snacking that you don't need at nine o'clock at night when you're watching TV or something like that. But um, besides less mindless snacking, you can eat all of your calories that you plan on eating for the day within your feeding window. It's really not that hard, um, especially whenever you are eating a ketogenic diet, which is a high fat diet. And if you eat enough fat during your feeding window, then it lasts you until the next feeding window. And it's not necessarily less calories because fats are very calorically dense and that's it's a, a slow burning fuel and if you run out of your slow burning dietary fat fuel you're gonna just switch over to burning your own body fat which is the whole point of it so no it's not restricting calories unless you count the little debbie snack cakes that you normally eat at night then yeah you're restricting those calories but at first, it's kind of like a religious experience. <laughs> You're going to need some self-discipline to not eat um, during your fasting window. And that's why I, I recommend starting off with like an 8-hour feeding window and a 16-hour fasting window. Because for one, that's not very hard to do. And you still have some benefits of fasting at about 16 hours. Um, if you are a serious athlete or a weightlifter, then you need a lot of calories and a lot of protein to build muscle. So it's going to be kind of impossible, not impossible, 
but it's going to be difficult to eat as much food as you need in a short period of time to build muscle. So that's why like Hugh Jackman or Terry Crews or, you know, you find these celebrities who do intermittent fasting. They they might not be doing keto, but they are doing like intermittent fasting and they're definitely getting enough protein in their diet. So it's probably not keto, but close enough. They're definitely restricting carbs, I can tell you that. Um, not to the point of ketosis, but when you're when you look like that, you don't necessarily have to be in ketosis because they are not insulin resistant. They are insulin sensitive, no doubt. If you have six pack abs and you, or maybe they're on steroids too. I don't know. Just joking. I don't think they're on steroids, but um, yeah, celebrity intermittent fasting people that you see on the internet. Uh, it's usually an eight hour feeding window for like a big guy with muscles um, but you do uh, see a lot of people that have success with just one meal a day. Um, it's totally possible to to eat one meal a day, one big feast, and then not eat again until the next day. That would be the most ideal thing to do to get the most benefits from intermittent, intermittent fasting and boosting growth hormone because your body can adapt to that and... It doesn't really, it preserves protein more so than other diets. Like if you're eating carbs and stuff, you need more protein. But with keto, you preserve the protein and you don't need as much. That's why it's a moderate, moderate protein diet. Um, it, your body uses protein more efficiently, in other words. So um, you're not going to have a lot of the same problems as if you were eating a bowl of oatmeal or something like that for for uh, for breakfast, I did that for so long and never saw any results. I'd I'd do everything they told me on like bodybuilding.com. Wake up and eat some oatmeal and eggs and uh, bananas, things that are just full of sugar or or very quickly turn into sugar in your body. If you are fat and have insulin resistance, that's not going to work, and that was definitely the case with me. So I'm eating stuff that other bodybuilders are eating and it's not working for me because I have this problem called insulin resistance that can only be fixed by lowering insulin and um, becoming insulin sensitive with a ketogenic diet. For those of you who have taken a look at my my program, you you know what you know the deal. You know what's going on here. And I I would like to talk about this podcast that I uh, just listened to. It's from last month, but it's on the Human Performance Outliers podcast. Some of you may be familiar with it. Uh, it's hosted by Dr. Sean Baker, who is like a carnivore expert, and Zach Bitter, uh, his uh, podcast partner. I think Zach Bitter is a carnivore, too. I, I should know that. But um, they never really talk about themselves when they have guests on. Uh Anyway, their guest was Dr. Seafried, Thomas Seafried. He's a professor and a doctor, and he's like a, a cancer specialist. And that podcast was really good. If you have cancer or know someone with cancer, go listen to that podcast because he gets fired up about um, how many people are dying of cancer every day. 1,600 people die of cancer every day. 
and they they keep treating cancer with radiation and chemo and people have all kinds of health problems after that treatment and if they survive um I mean, usually they don't survive and they have a very poor quality of life until they die. But if they do survive, then there's a whole nother market of cancer survivor drugs, which is like a a new industry, because people have all kinds of health problems due to this radiation. Um, So and he was talking about how he has a new idea of how to uh, treat cancer. It's not really a new idea, but it's uh, by instead of talking about the mTOR and he said it's very fun, very easy to get funding to to study mTOR and study the disease but it is very hard to get funding to prevent the disease um he said if you if the cells do not have atp and they uh well they need glutamine and glucose to make atp without that the cells die the cancer cells So when you treat cancer with a a metabolic, in a metabolic way, like with a low carb ketogenic diet that takes care of the glucose. And then if you take away the glutamine with medication, um, then the cancer cells die, then you can remove the cancer cells and um, just repeat the process if needed until it's, uh, so, I mean, there's surgery involved, but it's not all the uh, chemo and radiation stuff that obviously does not work or doesn't work very well. And um, he was talking about these different people that are, you know, refusing that the standard of care treatment and having success. I mean, it's still cancer. It's a messy business, but it is a business. And they are making a lot of money off of treating cancer, but not preventing cancer. And they're funding a lot of projects that study mTOR. And uh, like he was saying in the podcast, just go listen to it. It was really good. Uh, he can speak to, speak to that a lot more eloquently than I can because he's a doctor and professor who specializes in cancer. But yeah, he, he was getting really mad and angry about the state of the the health industry and the cancer industry and it's a good listen. Anyway, if if you are on a ketogenic diet, then you know you already know that it's very unlikely that you're going to get cancer. So, if you are being tempted to go get a donut right now, just keep in mind cancer. It's not worth it. Uh not to not to mention diabetes. That's one of the things he mentioned is like people who have cancer also usually have a lot of other uh, health problems too, like, you know, diabetes or prediabetes, overweight. Um, so when they treat the cancer in this way, they also treat a lot of other problems. And uh, so it just, it's kind of, it's all related. So once again, that's the Human Outliers Performance Podcast. Um, and it's hosted by carnivores, but you know, I'm not a carnivore, but I'm not against it because people are having a lot of success in treating autoimmune diseases and all kinds of stuff like that with a carnivore diet. I just think there's, uh, I'm not ready for that. There's too many good foods to eat out there. I like to eat nuts and cheese. Well, I think some of them eat cheese, but yeah, there's, uh, and I have a cooking show. So how, how am I just going to cook meat every day on YouTube? Nobody's going to watch that. Anyway, um, 
carnivore diet is not that far from uh, the keto diet if you have your macros somewhat similar. There's a, a certain thing called keto carnivore where people will eat fatty, fattier meat to where their macros are. Like if you're just going to eat chicken breast all day, then that's not too good. That's like a really high protein diet and a very low fat diet. Um, but if you're going to eat like a ribeye, that would be a perfect keto macro where it's like a one-to-one -one ratio of protein to fat grams. Um, but the calories would be more of a 70-30, uh, 70% fat, 30% protein. Same thing with like hamburger meat. Um, most of them just eat beef and water, which is really interesting. They have there's a lot of people that have a lot of su success with carnivore diet, so I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I'm not doing that. I'm doing like more traditional keto right now. And there's nothing wrong with trying carnivore for a week or a month to see how you feel. Um, but you can always come back to keto and do the meat and vegetables. Either way, I like I try to stick to whole foods like meat and vegetables, nuts, uh, hard cheeses maybe occasional berries, maybe occasional keto ice cream during football. Um, I like to enjoy the food, but I do enjoy lots of meat also, so I can definitely see where they're coming from. Anyway, I like to listen to, the, to their podcast, uh, is, was my whole point of this. <laughs> uh, it's a good podcast. They have a lot of really good guests, and uh, a lot of what they talk about applies to people doing any type of low-carb diet or zero-carb diet. Okay, now it's time to give shout-outs uh, from Instagram. If you follow uh, the keto hashtag on Instagram, there's all kinds of cool things that you might find. Um, the first one is a shout-out to Keto Food Hacks. Um, they posted a very helpful... Um, a graphic about some uh, keto-friendly substitutes. So uh, I'll just read them off here. A substitute for regular flour would be almond flour or coconut flour. Uh, yogurt, plain Greek yogurt or chia pudding. Tortillas, low-carb tortillas or lettuce wraps. Pastas, shirataki noodles or zucchini pasta. Mashed potatoes, you can do mashed cauliflower. Uh, instead of hash browns, you could do cauliflower hash browns. I haven't tried that. Although I have done some cauliflower florets in the air fryer, and it turned out really good. It's uh, a good appetizer. I, I put some ranch dressing and buffalo sauce on that because I was making hot wings. Very nice. Okay, continuing on. Uh, instead of potato chips, you could do pork rinds. Or parsnip chips. I'm not even sure what that is. Sounds interesting. Bread crumbs. Instead of that, use crushed pork rinds or crushed almonds. Instead of croutons, you could have crispy Parmesan chips. Mm-mm-mm. Instead of French fries, you could do zucchini fries. I need to try that in the air fryer. Sorry all the cooking videos have been with air fryers lately. I just want you to know that that will not stop anytime soon because I love that thing. 
Uh, they're at Costco right now for 50 bucks. I should be getting paid to promote these things. Maybe if I had any listeners, I would. Okay, um, continuing on here. Once again, these are keto substitutes, and I'm reading this from Keto Food Hacks on Instagram. They have, uh, they have a good infographic. Okay, uh, sweetener, stevia or erythritol. Instead of ice cream, you could have Halo Top ice cream. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I, I think the Sola has them beat. Um, I, I was told that Halo Top used to have a really good uh, flavor and texture, but they changed the recipe and now it's not so good. I've heard a few people say that. Uh, I've, I didn't have the old one, so I can't compare them, but the Sola was really good if you can find that. Um, and of course, with any ice cream, it's not really keto approved. You can just eat a small amount to where you go, you don't go over your net carbs. Uh, they all have a small amount of sugar in them. Um, but Sola uses a, a certain type of sugar. I forget what they call it, but they're saying like this type of sweetener does not have an insulin response like the other sweeteners or the other sugars. So that's why it only has six net carbs. If you count total carbs, then it's way over anything you're going to want to eat. So in moderation, folks, I'm talking about like once a week during football, you can have a little bit of ice cream. Um, unless you just want to make like a heavy whipping cream type of ice cream recipe. If you have an ice cream maker, you could probably do some of that with stevia, vanilla, um, continuing on here, instead of milk, you can have unsweetened almond or coconut milk, heavy whip, heavy whipping cream instead of half and half, instead of pizza crust, you can make a cheese crust, almond crust, or, um, they don't have it here, but you can also make a cauliflower crust. That's very popular now. And instead of hamburger buns, you could do an oopsie bread bun. I don't know what that is. You know what I use for hamburger buns? Extra hamburger patties. Um, it goes great with any hamburger patty. Okay, pasta sauce. Instead of that, use Rouse low-carb low sauce. I actually use that quite often. Um, you can find it in most grocery stores. It's R-A-O apostrophe S Rouse. Um, I'm not even sure if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I pronounce it because I get aroused when I see it. Do you get it? So, uh, it, and it tastes really good. It's basically just pizza sauce, tomato sauce, whatever you want to call it, but without sugar in it because they always got to put some sugar and bad stuff in, in sauces. Um, soups, chicken broth, with spices. Rice. Instead of rice, cauliflower, broccoli, rice. Um, instead of high-carb veggies, have dried spices? I'm not sure. Instead of regular alcohol, drink low-carb beer, dry wine, or spirits. Um, if you must drink, then sure, that's probably your best option, but you, you shouldn't drink if you're doing keto. It's going to put your keto, ketosis on pause for up to two days. So if you drink a little bit every day, you're never going to lose weight. Never, ever. Instead of oatmeal, you can have chia seeds. 
Um, all right. Instead of waffles, you can have cream cheese and egg waffles. Instead of pancakes, almond flour pancakes. I have a good recipe for pancakes. If you want to go to search YouTube uh, for me, cooking with me, and uh, it's really good. That's a really good pancake recipe. I ate that so many times. I'm trying not to right now because I would like to lose a little bit more weight and restricting calories somewhat. But yeah, at least once every week or every two weeks, I will make that pancake recipe and treat yourself. Uh, the best pancake syrup is Chalk Zero's Honest Maple Syrup. That stuff is so good. It tastes just like maple syrup. And if you are too lazy to make uh, pancakes, you can just put the syrup on top of some roasted and salted pecans, and it tastes just like pecan pie. I had some of that on the keto crackhead video that I did. Whenever, you, whenever you're having a craving and you don't want to, <laughs> whenever you're having a craving and you need a snack within the next five seconds, just take some pecans and pour that syrup on top, and it is delicious. What other queries do we have here? Can I have fruit on a keto diet? We've talked about this before, but no, you can't. Um, too much sugar. You won't, you won't reap the benefits of being in ketosis if you have that many carbs and sugar. Not to mention, you can get all of the potassium, magnesium, calcium, vitamins that you are looking for from the fruit. You can get that in vegetables, especially avocados. You can also find a, a lot of, uh, in, in, in beef, beef is a very, beef is a superfood, folks. There's a lot of vegan propaganda out there that will tell you otherwise, but it's not true. There's no evidence of beef being bad for you. There's no study that says that. And if there is, it's an epidemiological study that also has people eating Lots of carbs and possibly smoking, meth, who knows. But there's no study of a low-carb diet who eats beef or any meat and says it's bad for you. There, it doesn't exist. It's not true. Uh, if you eat meat and vegetables, then you're going to have a really good time. Um, here's another question about apple cider vinegar. Um, and to go along with this, I've found somebody I follow on Instagram called Cookie Coats. And she posted a really helpful in, uh, infographic about apple cider vinegar and the benefits of it. The, I'll tell you right now, the main benefit of apple cider vinegar is the acetic acid in it. It's not really the, really the, the nutrients. It's what it does to your pH and your digestion. And it helps you digest your food and balance your pH. And so if you are coming off of a regular uh, American diet and you're overweight and have all these health problems that we talk about, then you're probably suffering from um, GERD, acid reflux, uh, bloating, gas, all, you know, all those fun problems. Well, apple cider vinegar helps with all of that stuff because um, it fixes your digestion. And I don't recommend any supplements unless you have a specific problem where you need a supplement. 
but if there was one thing that I would recommend, it's supplements to help your digestion so to where you can actually absorb your food and get the nutrients. Because if you're eating the right food and you can't digest, um, or especially if, you, if your gallbladder can't uh, handle all the fats that you're eating, then um, you, you need some help. So uh, if there was one thing I could recommend, it would be to fix your digestion with some apple cider vinegar. It comes in pill form. That's what I do. I, I take the pills because I don't like the taste of it. And then the other thing would be the uh, gallbladder formula. It's called ox bile or purified bile salts. Um, the one I take just says ox bile on it. It's a very cheap supplement. I think it was a few dollars. Um, I would at least go through one or two bottles of that when you start the ketogenic diet just to get used to digesting right and especially digesting all the fats that you're eating because um, you need bile to break down fats and if you can't do that you're going to have some issues but I was already having a ton of issues with digestion before I started the ketogenic diet. Now I don't have those issues. I even had a hiatal hernia. That's when part of your stomach goes up into your esophagus. And uh, I, I could barely even swallow my food at that time. I, I couldn't swallow pills for sure. So all of the supplements I would take would have to be liquid or ground up into a powder because I could not swallow a pill. That's how bad my stomach was. But apple cider vinegar has the acetic acid to balance your pH and digest the food. Anyway, yes, uh, that infographic uh, by Cookie Coats. I follow her on Instagram. Shout out to Cookie Coats. Uh, I, will, I will read the incredible uses of apple cider vinegar. It, presents, it prevents flu and stomach illness. It dissolves kidney stones. Regulates pH balance in the body, helps relieve nausea, helps relieve heartburn or chronic reflux, helps relieve asthma, helps relieve allergies, helps relieve gout, helps lower glucose levels in diabetes, diabetics, um, helps weight loss by curbing appetite and breaking down fat, helps relieve migraines. Helps relieve sinus pressure and infection. Lowers blood pressure. Lowers cholesterol. Reduces inflammation. And relieves arthritis. Apple cider vinegar also uh, conditions and detangles hair. I didn't know that. It gets rid of nail fungus. Uh, it works well to clear up fungal bacterial rash. It soothes bug bites gets rid of warts, helps reduce, prevent acne. Okay, I'm reading an infographic once again by Cookie Coats. I follow her on Instagram and you should too. Very, very good uh, infographic there. Not sure if that's a repost or if she made it. Um, anyway, research some of those yourself. I, I don't have personal experience with most of those, but I do um, have personal Personal experience with the digestion, pH-related stuff. It also helps keep uh, your insulin levels down, your blood pressure, blood sugar. It's all related. Uh, and apple cider vinegar can help with all that stuff, and especially the stomach pH, because you need acid in your stomach. And if you have 
Uh, acid reflux, that means you don't have enough acid. Your stomach is too alkaline. Um, your stomach acid pH level should be very low, like a, between a 1 and a 3, I think, or maybe it's 0.5 to 3. I forget what's the acceptable range of pH in the stomach, but if it's higher than that, then you're going to have a lot of digestive issues because your stomach can't break down the food that you're eating and the acid shoots up through your esophagus and burns your, and it burns. <laughs> if you've ever, ever had acid reflux, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that is, and then you take an antacid, of course, and that makes it even worse because you don't have enough acid. So take apple cider vinegar. Also, uh, betaine HCL will work too. If you want to take that instead of apple cider vinegar or the combination of the two, a lot of, if you get the apple cider vinegar pills, a lot of them will have betaine HCL in there. Um, and that's basically, basically what your stomach acid is made of. Um, stomach acid is made out of that and like two other things like chloride or something like that. And it's mostly HCL, hydrochloric acid. And if you take that, you can, that comes in pill form too. You, you don't swallow that in liquid form. But if you, like before you eat, if you take apple cider vinegar or betaine HCL, hydrochloric acid, um, it will help break down all your food. And if you need help with your gallbladder, once again, that was ox bile. I take all of these supplements and I don't have any digestive trouble anymore. Hiatal hernia is gone and everything is wonderful. I feel like I'm rambling. Once again, it's a good thing I don't have any listeners. If I did, I'd be embarrassed. Um, but if anyone by chance is listening, um, send in your keto queries and I will read them on the podcast and possibly answer them too. Well, thanks so much for listening, if you are, and I'll talk to you next week. Podcast with me.